Welcome to the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast, a celebration of Hannibal, Missouri, its history, its people, and its colorful characters, real and fictional. And now, the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. Oh, you've already missed the best best digressions of the day, uh, but uh, no. Not necessarily. I've still got coffee. Oh, there's still coffee there. This, and, is, this is going to be a spicy one, Harold. Uh, it's, so hang on to your hats, folks. And if you don't have a hat, then just grab a hold of something solid. Uh, welcome to the, I've, I found out, I wasn't sure what number we were on last time, but this is uh, number 56. Of we're the, over the speed limit we're now, We're over Harold. the speed limit, yes, indeed, look out. Uh, when we get up to the interstate speed limit, then then we'll see. Oh, it then, is. Then we'll go full Audubon. Uh, Audubon, yeah, just nothing. no no limits. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I'm Harold Smith. I'm Megan Rapp. And this is the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. And uh, we're just going to, we, we have, it's a good thing I did not, that the tease did not turn into a preview because we, uh, people would be listening to this and they go, huh? Because, <laughs> you know, what we would have told you then would have had nothing, no resemblance to what we're actually going to do. But don't worry, no. our power knows no bounds. That's right. So we pulled some major strings. Yes, you did. Yes. Got a national player. Uh, yes, yes. To come onto our humble little podcast. So stand by. And, and we are going to manage to talk about political history without getting political. Stand by for that. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be fascinated with that. Oh yeah, see, see how we do that. But oh yeah, we. There's enough people out there talking about politics these days, and we we don't need another one. They no. on the radio we talk about people that are on our air who get paid a lot more than we do for talking about such things. So we let them take care of that. Uh, but uh, no, I mean in in the meantime. We just, Meg and I don't get to see each other as much as we used to. And so we, we, we have to spend our time just kind of kind of catching up on, on what's going on. got to catch up and, and, you know, meander and digress and, mm-hmm. and do you, all of that all stuff. Of, all of that good stuff. Crammed into like 20 uh, yeah, minutes. And, and in a complete digression that has nothing to do with anything. Okay. Which we've never done that before. Never. Yeah. Um, I... There is something we have over in our neck of the woods at Christmas time. Usually churches do it, something called a cookie walk. If I say the word cookie walk, do you you have any idea what I'm talking about? I know what a cakewalk is. Okay. This is is not like that at all. No. I've heard of poker runs. There are poker runs. That's right. (laughs) Am I I getting warm? (laughs) To tell tell the whole story, back at Christmas time, we had um, uh, an employee uh, Christmas party. And I don't know how we got on the subject. Uh, I I think there was one coming up at... uh, a church uh, over over around where we live uh and i and the the girl i was i say girl lady co-worker i was talking to had no idea but she was from chicago and i figured okay well they just haven't heard of cookie walks in chicago fast forward to the uh chamber of commerce dinner in hannibal a couple of weeks ago uh and i was at a table there was eight of us it was i was mainly uh, there was a cancellation and so uh, McKenzie put me at the Hannibal Public Schools table, you know, educated people, administrators, teachers, that kind of thing. Nobody at the table had ever heard of a cookie walk. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's just a Western Illinois thing. Although 
I have been to, in our travels to the Branson area, there have been churches there that have had cookie walks. And I better explain this uh, to unfurrow Megan's brow here. Well, and maybe is it is it a specific denominational tradition, perhaps? Well, I've seen it in Methodist churches. I've seen it in Christian churches. Uh, there's a Presbyterian church I've been to where they, they do a pretty good cookie walk. Oh, what, okay, well, not necessarily. Yeah, so, so Come what, on, tell so, us. What it is, is... Um, say, for instance, a church has a cookie walk. People in the church will bring, uh, on a designated, usually a Saturday, will bring a couple of dozen cookies of their choice. You know, whatever cookie they decide to make or buy or whatever along the way. And so all of these people bring all of these cookies and they, they will... The cookies congregate. They will they will display them, uh, whether it's you know just on you know whatever platters or plates or whatever. They will display them, uh, you know, each individual type of cookie, and then the person that comes to the cookie walk wants themselves some cookies. Uh, in the particular church uh, at home, uh, they have the plastic to go containers Mm -hmm. and they have the plastic gloves that you wear Mm -hmm. and they will work their way along through all of these cookies and they will pick out what cookies that they want. And then once you get to, and you have this thing jam packed full of whatever cookies that you want, uh, they will usually, they will charge by the pound. They have scales there. They will weigh it. And so much per pound, and uh, you, it's a it's a fundraiser for whatever, whether it's the church or whatever organization within the church, whatever it might that be. That is a very brilliant idea. So it's kind of like a cookie exchange, yeah. Except for the fact that if you don't have the time, energy, or desire to make cookies, you can still get homemade cookies. You just mm-hmm. pay for. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and a and good time, a good tasting time for a good cause. You betcha. Absolutely. And yeah, it's all about yeah, all about a good time for a good cause. We're all about that. But I didn't know if that was something that was. Now they did know. You know the the the, the one thing that has has migrated this far west. I didn't have to explain what a horseshoe was. You know everybody no. everybody knew what a horseshoe was. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. There was. <laughs> it is a heart attack on a plate, and I love them. Well, my sister used to live in the Springfield, Illinois area. Oh, so well, there you go. The yeah. home of the horseshoe. Yeah, so, so that's where it was invented. You, you, you yeah. have never had heaven on a plate until you have had Texas toast, the big Texas toast, crinkle cut fries. Oh, crinkle cut fries. Yes, yeah, meat okay. of your choice. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer ham because I like my sodium with a side of sodium. But a lot of people do hamburger or, you know, turkey, whatever. All doused in a usually a beer cheese sauce like a white cheese sauce mm. homemade of course of course yeah yeah but yeah your cheese sauce i know the uh, bread re- fried bread <laughs> cheese meat <laughs> the 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 only thing that tops that if you want to talk about you know <laughs> listening to your arteries harden mm-hmm. is to is to do a breakfast version of that where instead of cheese sauce you have gravy over over all of it and you got like hash browns and oh. and whatever sausage or whatever that kind of thing they they yeah, the, the, hor- the horseshoes uh play our, our little diner over where i live you get a choice you can get the regular cheese or you can get the queso uh too which will you know kind of clean out your sinuses a little bit. well and and i i do i mean there are places around 
locally, that, but I don't think it's homemade cheese sauce to me. Yeah. It's not really a horseshoe. Or, if you want a smaller portion, a pony a shoe. A pony shoe. That's right. Not that's right. really a horseshoe or pony shoe unless you have the homemade cheese sauce. Okay. Okay. But that's you... just my humble opinion. Yeah. yeah I every... mean, I've eaten cheese, <laughs> non-homemade cheese sauce uh, well, things with, with the... non-crinkle cut fries and haven't complained. And no, no. It, Except but it's... the heartburn, but you know. Well, there's that too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all of that. Okay. But we have so far digressed from the topic <laughs> yeah, at hand. To yeah, to we we need to sw- need to do a major swerve back to where the, and, the purpose for this episode. And I'm going to place. I'm going to tiptoe toward the line of getting political mm. for a point, and then I'm going to walk right back. Okay. So amendments to our constitution, mm. they have been done. Oh, We've yeah. got several of them. Yes, we do. Most people, if you ask them to name an amendment. At least in this area, I think probably the one that would most come to mind would be the Second Amendment, because yes. a lot are usually around voting time. That's uh, that's one that you know you can fling out there and then just have the masses quarrel. Mm, Second Amendment. Okay, yep. we're talking about the Nineteenth Amendment. Mm-hmm. Pub quiz, folks. Nineteenth Amendment. <laughs> what did the Nineteenth Amendment do? Oh. Not much. Just mm-hmm. give women the right to vote. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Just half the population. Yeah. Which you know. which happened 100 years ago. Which happened 100 years. The ratification of the 19th Amendment happened in 1920. Mm-hmm. That means for the first 150 years of the United States, half of the population couldn't vote based on gender. Of course, there have been many other reasons people cannot vote. They weren't landowners. They were African-American. They were slaves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, 1920, the 19th Amendment was ratified, uh, and it uh, it was a constitutional. So this was across the board. It doesn't was, matter what state you were in. Nationwide. The nationwide, the Constitution of the United States of America now read that the requirement to vote you know, should not be denied or abridged by any state because of gender. Now, yes. before that, there were some states that had allowed women to vote. There were territories that had allowed women to vote. But this was the first time nationwide. And guess where the first vote to be cast for an election was held? By yeah, a woman. By a woman. Yes, we have we have touched on that in in previous yes. episodes before. It was right here in Hannibal, Missouri. It was right here in Hannibal, Missouri. A young woman by the name of Marie Byram, and it happened only a few days after the ratification, um, and that was because it was a special election to fill a vacancy on the Hannibal City Council. So it wasn't a presidential election. This, was, but it was just happened just a couple of days later. Um, and she, you know, according to the history, her and a friend of hers had a, a, a friendly, um, a friendly rivalry about who was going to be the first one to vote this Nita Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marie beat her to the polls. Uh, she lived about 15 blocks away from the polling place and began walking at 530 in the morning in the drizzling rain. And Mm. got there at 7 a.m. And they were the first voters to arrive at the polling place. And the polling place actually was located at the corner of Main and North Streets. So if people Mm -hmm. are familiar with the the downtown area, that could be um, the corner either where the 
um, Mark Twain Museum Interpretive Center is located, or on the other side, that is now where the Mark Twain Brewing Company is located. Yes. So it yeah. is on the corner of Main and North Street. Yeah, North North Street is the street that runs in front of the Tom and Huck the, statue. Tom and Huck statue. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's a 7 a.m. Um, on Tuesday, August 31st, Marie Byram uh, signed the register and cast her vote. Um, thus becoming the first woman in the United States to vote after the passage of the Women's Suffrage Amendment. And then um, 7.01, Nita Harrison arrived. She she arrived by automobile. <laughs> oh. She arrived by automobile, and she still, I don't know, maybe she, still she, didn't she get... slept in, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, those polling books from that day, including Byram's signature on the first line, they're actually housed in the Missouri State Archives. In Jefferson City. Yeah. So that's pretty a significant, darn nifty. Significant event to be sure. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about not only Marie Byram and the fact that she was the first woman to vote after the 19th Amendment, just because that's another Hannibal, a cool Hannibal fact. Mm-hmm. She's actually buried here in Mount Olivet Cemetery. Oh, of course she is. Of course, mm-hmm. where all of our famous dead people sure. are. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah, they, well, was it the most, the most famous people you've never met is that how uh, yes. that works once yeah. again another famous person that you will never meet mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk a little bit about because it's been a hundred years mm-hmm. and a lot of times people have trouble remembering things that happened 50 years ago 20 years ago uh, two weeks ago i forgot to put trash out exactly so, yeah. mm-hmm. i mean a hundred years ago you know that that the, a movie just came out 1917 about mm-hmm. world war one mm-hmm. you know it, all of these these things are are passing away and so it's good to kind of give a refresher course because definitely we have not been able to vote for less than half of the time that the united states has been a country when i say we i mean the female gender Mm -hmm. and so um the thing that and and this this is where i get super salty this is where i get super salty and then we'll we'll ask a, a woman who is a uh an expert in this field. Mm-hmm. The issue that I have is when people say, oh, and women were given the right to vote. Given the right to given vote. Given the right to vote. Or, yes, or when women were granted the right to vote. Like, just like when segregation was <laughs> miraculously granted. It, the end of segregation was miraculously granted. That, or, that, you know, I, the the, you, fra- the one phrase that comes to mind is uh, "Medal of Honor winner." Winner, yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it was a raffle, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, um, so we're going to have on um, uh, a woman who actually um, is a um, uh, is employed by the League of Women Voters, which is a non political, a uh, non non party. Mm-hmm. Um, organization uh, by, bipartisan bipartisan yes. thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Um, which encourages women to vote to stay up on the elections and and just and exercise our hard-earned right to vote and so we're going to kind of go into the what was the big deal what happened that this amendment was passed and you know kind of some of the players and so we're gonna and not to mention people might say well but we've had this for a hundred years why do we still need a league of women voters of course women can vote we'll see that yeah okay back to the hannibal rivertown review podcast in just a moment if you like what you hear be sure and subscribe and leave us a review 
And if you have a suggestion for a future episode, email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. Jessica Jones Caporell, and it's going to take a while just to talk about how far back Jessica and Megan go. <laughs> we got we got we got to get that story first. Oh. <laughs> well, well, I am um, that far back. Yeah, it it was like three or four years ago, right, <laughs> Jessica? Something. It feels that way sometimes. <laughs> it does. It does. Yes. Full disclosure: I have known Jessica for. A few years. Mm-hmm. Um, we met at uh, at Culver Stockton College, right mm. up uh, right up the river. You bet. Mm-hmm. Good old mm-hmm. Canton, Missouri. That Culver connection. You never know where Culver graduates will lead. You betcha. They're 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 all over the place. So so uh, Jessica, we we've, we've kind of uh, set the scene uh, as far as uh, the the reason for you joining us uh, on the on the podcast. Uh, uh, talk about what what you bring to the table. Talk about uh, your uh, your area of expertise. Sure. Um, so in addition to having a background in history um, and studying it in college, um, I currently serve. Um, at the League of, uh, as an employee of the League of Women Voters, which is about to turn 100 years old. Um, and we are uh, the last remaining organization that kind of comes out of the suffrage movement. Um, we're the last one standing, I guess. <laughs> um, founded right before uh, the 19th Amendment was ratified. Uh, and uh, as we have alluded to uh, in the lead-up to this, uh, of course, it, everything culminated on August 26th of 1920 with the uh, the ratification, with the, the certification of the 19th Amendment. Uh, but the, the suffrage movement uh, very much preceded that. Yeah. It actually started, I think, as early as the 1820s. Um, with uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott, and then eventually Susan B. Anthony. Um, and they started as, like, on a state-by-state basis, uh, trying to win suffrage for women uh, in state uh, in yeah, state legislatures. Um, and it didn't go national until after the Seneca Falls Convention in 1848. Uh, and then, of course, the other notable thing uh, for, for our purposes uh, is... Uh, the story that the uh, first uh, woman to vote uh, after the uh, ratification of that, after the certification of that, was right here in Hannibal. The first election for office. First election for office. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's really exciting. I didn't actually know that. and <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> I know. See, it, it, we... Uh... We had our bicentennial, Hannibal had our bicentennial last year, and in researching the Hannibal history makers, as we called them, I mean, obviously we know Mark Twain, we know Molly Brown, um, kind of stumbled upon, oh, (laughs) um, by the way, the first woman to vote in an election after the ratification of the 19th Amendment was uh, in Hannibal, and it happened on the corner of North and Main Street, which is in our downtown historic district. So, Marie Byram, we thank you, and um, I believe we're actually, at some point, we're going to be doing a, a something, a something this year. In celebration of the 100th, um, you know, anniversary of the of the ratification. So would it be fair? Because we, again, we've talked about this already. Would it be fair to say that the first two women to vote in an election in an election would have been because the, the yeah. of the rivalry, the friendly com- competition 
it says here, between uh, uh, Marie Bynum and, and Nita Harrison. Nita Harrison, yes, because she voted at 7.01, so yes. they were the first and second to yeah. vote. Yeah, how so in the world she came by car and but got here second after is because... After Marie walked 15 blocks in the rain. Doesn't that sound like something your grandparents would tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, we all, you know, those of us of my generation, you know, when, when it came to walking to school, you know, up, yeah, uphill in a blizzard both ways, you know, that that's that's how it worked. Exactly. That's, yeah. But you, you know, the the lengths, you know, the, and, and we see we see that you know, more so uh, in, in foreign countries uh, for people who have for for everyone who has had to fight for the right to vote. You know, once that you know, that uh, right is afforded to them that they didn't have before, they will go to any lengths to, to cast that ballot. It is, it is that important, and for all of us all the time, it should be that important. Exactly. Absolutely. And, um, Jessica, you already have missed my, um, my, <laughs> my salty rant about my pet peeve of, of people saying that women were granted the right to vote. Um, <laughs> like, no, they weren't just benevolently, benevolently, uh, words, given the right to vote, as you said, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, which people, for the most part, just know her because she's on a, a coin, but hey, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever gets the history through to some people, um, it was, it was a long, long process, and it was a fight, Obviously. Absolutely. And those women actually didn't even live to see the 19th Amendment come to fruition. Um, we have other women like uh, Alice Paul and uh, one of the founders of the League of Women Voters, Carrie Chapman Catt, um, who saw it all the way to the end and both had their own tactics. Um, Alice Paul, a little bit more of the civil disobedience, and Carrie Catt, a little bit more of the strategy. Um, and urging uh, President uh, Wilson to sign on and make a speech to Congress. Um, so there's been a lot of uh, fighting and parades and marches, uh, hunger strikes. Um, they, these women really put everything that they had into um, getting the 19th Amendment ratified and passed um, in Congress. And, and, and all these years later, uh, you know, this is one of those things, and, and it's that this isn't the only thing that, that would, to me, would come under that heading. You know, a hundred years later, I look at back, look back at that, and I'm and, and I'm amazed. You know, looking at it here in the 21st century, that there was a time when, when, you know, basically half the population, uh, along with others along the way, didn't didn't have that right. And and looking now, you know, I can't imagine. You know. There had you know, people had to had to fight and scratch and claw to get that right that did not did not have it. It just looking back at it now, it just amazes me. But man, as you, as you say, it, it was a fight. It was an absolute fight. Yeah, and I think, but I think, and I think we also have to acknowledge that you know the ratification of the Nineteenth Amendment helped women um, get the right to vote, but they're also uh, it didn't solve all the barriers, um, especially for women of color. Um, they still had to fight for their own enfranchisement long after um, 1920, um, and that's something I think we have to we have to as we celebrate. We also have to highlight that it didn't it didn't do it for everyone, um, and it took a lot a lot more work. And with the passage of additional laws, you know, later like like the Voting Rights Act, uh, to make sure that everyone had the chance to vote. I saw I saw something uh, on on Facebook, which of course every word on there is the absolute truth. Uh, <laughs> the, but there was there was a listing, and there was a whole list of things 
as far as uh, rights that women had, things that they were able to do or not able to do, and uh, things that were on the books in, in one form or another all the way up through the 1970s, and uh, things that women didn't have the right to do along the way. And, and again, that just, this just floored me that uh, there were all these things you know, as, as, most, as recently as the 1970s that, that women were not able to do. Open their own checking yeah. account. Uh, uh, yeah. Have a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Of course, that leads up, could lead us into a conversation about the Equal Rights Amendment, but that's an entirely different podcast. That, <laughs> that is an entirely. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll have you back. <laughs> Once we have your number, you're you're kind of just you know you're you're gonna be stuck talking to us at least one more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and, yeah, that's that's something that has kind of kind of stalled along the way, hasn't it? The the ERA. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of movement right now uh, for uh, just gained the last uh, state for ratification, and there's a lot of action uh, to move it forward now. But we'll okay. see. <laughs> yeah, more more to come on that. There you go. And, and so, obviously, like you said, you know, the the League of, of Women Voters, you're kind of the last the last. Uh, standing group um what types of things now do the league of women voters do um I, I i would assume that a lot of our listeners um might get some mailings might get might be on your email list but for those maybe that aren't familiar with the league of women voters or maybe they think that it's a political party or it's a you know who knows uh, what is it um how do you what's your elevator speech we'll, we'll say all right. So we're an entirely nonpartisan organization. Um, we are a political organization in that we have policy positions um, and we do advocacy work on with it on and within those positions. Um, so things as um, it's expansive as you know voting rights work uh, in Congress and in states across the country. We work on issues around money and politics. And then um, we all have a redistricting cycle coming up in 2021. So we're working to make sure that that process is fair. Um, but we also do a lot of education. Um, so we'll be uh, making sure that everyone uh, participates in the census that's starting up here in a couple months. Um, and then um, we have a product called Vote 411. Um, and it is an online uh, tool for people to use to get any information they need about voting. It includes uh, candidate information. So candidates are asked a questionnaire, and then they enter that information in their own words. Um, and you can also find out um, on that site, you know, what you need to take with you when you go to vote. Um, we can connect you to your polling place. If you need to get registered to vote, you can go to that site as well. Um, so we kind of do twofold, a little bit of advocacy and policy and lobbying, um, and then a little bit of education. So the, uh, the, of course, obviously, uh, the, the formation of the League of Women Voters uh, 100 years ago and uh, with the uh, passing, with the uh, certification of the 19th Amendment, but uh, the, the, work, the work may have shifted along the way, but the work goes on. Yeah, I think uh, Carrie Catt and the board, the original board, were very interested in now that the women have the right to vote or we're about to get the right to vote, um, how can we make sure that they are informed voters um, and they have all the information they need to make the right decisions um, for themselves and their families? Um, and so that's why the League of Women Voters was founded um, to keep, you know, people informed and keep them moving forward. And um, actually, 
did a lot of work on the environment uh, <laughs> right after the uh, the amendment passed. So, I mean, we, we've always been based in um, making sure that everyone has a voice and can participate in the process. And I'll tell you, I love the Voting 411 website, just personally. Um, obviously, it's not just for women. No. <laughs> you, you go on there right, and, you, <laughs> and you get the information on the candidates. And like you said, they, they answer in their own words. And it's always, you know, two or three check marks for me personally against a candidate if they don't fill it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that before. Like, did not respond. Seriously? Yeah, 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 and, and and that's you know, of course, being in the news business, you know, it. I don't, as far as the as far as the world, the world that only knows me from being a news guy, uh, I have no opinion when it comes to that kind of thing. But what I will tell people is, uh, you know, I will come election day, you know, or as in the build up to election day, you know, whoever you vote for, I don't care. Just make sure that and the decision that you make is one from a point of knowledge. Get informed. Don't just because they're cute or because of this or because, you know, or whatever. Don't, don't do that. You know, be informed. That's, that, to me, that's just vitally important. But there was a picture of them with puppies, Harold. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's right. They must be a good person. Uh, yeah. They like puppies. They like puppies. Yeah, yeah. they had their kids on their commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the <laughs> kids and puppies. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, that's, that is vital. And as you say, no matter who you are, uh, whatever your gender, whatever you, wherever you come from, if you're going to cast that ballot, uh, please make sure you do so from a point of knowledge. And, and we like to think that our listeners are 100% informed on everything that we talk about, but just in case there's yes. someone out there mm -hmm. that is not familiar with the League of Women Voters or that might be interested in finding out more um, about the League, um, what, how, how do they go about doing that, Jessica? Um, so our website is the best place for your one-stop uh, one shop of information on the League. Uh, that is www.lwv.org um, and there you can also find out um, where your local league is. Um, we have local leagues, we have leagues in every all 50 states, um, in Hong Kong and the Virgin Islands um, as well. And then um, we also have local leagues, so we're in over 700 communities across the country um, and it's easy to get involved um, right there in your own local community. Yeah, which is which is and where it all starts. Not one in yeah. your local community. We can start one. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. More more on that later. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Jessica Jones Caporell. We thank you so much for for taking the time to uh, to visit with us. You know, she mentioned the voting four one one. It's mm -hmm. a it's a great place to get the candidates' opinions, um, just straight from the horse's mouth. So, you know, this is not, um, you know, this is, they, they fill out their, their stat, their, um, you know, uh, ideas and their opinions on, on mm -hmm. things that are of interest to the voter. Because uh, not everything you, you read on, on Facebook is yeah, necessarily a the truth. A lot of stuff Shocking, out there that you gotta, you gotta wade through and, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be very discerning as far as the, the accurate information that's out there. Cause there's a, there's a lot a lot of a lot of stuff you gotta, as I say, wade through, scoop your way through, whatever whatever it might be. But uh, the the um, the website the League of Women Voters offers, 
that's that's a that would be a good place. If you don't know where else to start, that would be a good place yep. to start. Voting four one one. Yes, and again, our thanks to Jessica Jones Caporell uh, for joining us, and uh, we thank you for joining us as well. We say it every time. You got hundreds of thousands of choices on places to go for podcasts, and you have have found us. We we are we are an international podcast. It just amazes. But matter of fact. Those of you who are listening to us, because we we can see we can see where you're where you're listening from. <laughs> well, not like house. Well, numbers. no, not not no. We're not peeking <laughs> like in the window or anything. But we countries. get we get and we get analytics, and it shows us a big big map, and it shows where people are are joining us from. And we have had people who have joined us from Australia and from Canada and from Spain and France. And, uh, you know, it's, and it just amazes us, but you, you, you're, you're quiet out there, you know, let us know, let us know who you are. Uh, you know, you can leave a message on, uh, you know, on Podbean. You can leave a message on, uh, Rivertown Review on Facebook, uh, rivertownreview.com. There are ways, you know, let us know who you are Our out there. Our email, rivertownreview yes. at gmail.com, which I probably should be better about checking it might have been a few weeks but you know what we'll get back to you eventually. absolutely if you have a suggestion and we've we had an email just the other day about a, a show suggestion and we have had uh episodes that have based been based on uh, suggestions people have made mm-hmm. as far as that is concerned so uh you got an idea for a show we haven't thought of yet give us a holler there's yep. lots of we are we are easy people to get a hold of when it's all said and done and you know good bad ugly strange whatever if mm-hmm. it's an idea throw it out there because all of the words you just used if we've had episodes <laughs> would have touched on <laughs> any any one of those sometimes good, bad, ugly, weird uh, we've done you, them all well, absolutely yeah and we're and we're not there's still a lot more stories to tell you know this town this town i'll tell you it you know it's it's one of those the river spins a thousand tails there's one of those one of you those know, things motivational yeah. poster type things yeah. you never what? know yeah, we're, <laughs> what's gonna pop up we're going on we're going on two years on this thing and we we ain't even close to done oh so just get used to it people we're past the speed limit now yeah so. that's right so on onward and upward that's onward right upward. Yeah, that's right i'm harold smith i'm megan Rapp. and that is the rivertown review podcast and we'll see you again next time thank you for joining us for the hannibal rivertown review podcast for comments and suggestions email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com Find us at RivertownReview.com or at Rivertown Review on Facebook.